and we are live NBA GM road trip. I'm here joined by Harry B. We just discussed some Miami Heat basketball with Alex from Vice City Alerts. He helped us flush out some of the things going wrong with the Heat and where they go from now. Since then, they've lost three of four. Harry, take me through what's going on with them. Yeah, I mean, I think that there was a bit of a honeymoon stage in their minds and also just in Heat fans' minds in general that they think that it would come easy for them this year after making a run to the finals. Uh, you know, our, our guy from Vice City Alerts, Alex, talked about this where they were very lucky that they were not having to face home court advantage in the playoffs because, you know, like he said, they would be the uh, away team uh, to start every series that they played in. So that would have been uh, definitely an issue. Uh, and, and they lost really a major piece, I think. And, and it's been hard for them to find a guy to replace him. Uh, and that's Jay Crowder. Uh, I love Jay Crowder. He's bounced around the league because everyone wants him. Because why wouldn't you want him? Uh, he can defend. Uh, he's got a great size, so he can rebound. Uh, he can guard three and four. Uh, and even sometimes maybe even small ball five because uh, he's strong. Uh, and then he spreads the floor. You know, he plays within himself. He doesn't do anything crazy. He knows he can shoot it. Uh, when he's open, he's going to shoot it. But he's not taking crazy shots. Nothing early in the shot clock. Uh, and that's why he got, you know, I think it was $30 million or, or more from Phoenix this year. And uh, he's picked up right where he left off uh, in that finals. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Jay Crowder as well. I mean, like you said, he's bounced around, been on teams, but – the difference between him and just your average journeyman is he's been on teams that are good. He's been on playoff teams. He's been in Dallas. He's been in Boston. He's been in Utah. Now he's on a Phoenix team that has aspirations of going to the playoffs. So like you said, kind of a departure that you would tend to underrate a little bit, but actually has made a difference. Yeah. I mean, and he played uh, with LeBron in Cleveland, so he knows how to win. Oh, right. And uh, I, I just think that he was the perfect stretch four for them uh, to play alongside Jimmy and Bam, because both those guys obviously can't really stretch the floor. Uh, Jimmy, for some reason, you know, he's really taken a step back on his long ball since his time, you know, the later half of Chicago, and also when he was in Minnesota, he didn't shoot it too bad. So, uh, you know, but I think that also in his mind, he's settling. Right, he's got two of the best shooters in the NBA playing on the same court as him and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. And I think the, you know, Spolster has definitely told him this, don't settle, you know, you can score so well within the mid-range in the panned area and get to your spots. And also you're a strong guard. You can bully guys up to the rim uh, and you're athletic and you can jump over and finish. So uh, I think that it's been a weird start to the season for the Heat. They've had some injury, injury issues. I think that every Bradley they really thought was going to be a significant contributor and he's unfortunately just had had some injury issues. Um, Ihudala, I think, yeah, they were predicting maybe he would be able to play some more minutes for them and contribute more efficiently. Uh, but you know, he hasn't panned out because of his age and also, you know, the, those years where he was in Golden State, you know, they were playing every bit of eighty-five games every year, uh, going deep into playoffs. And then, you know, one signing that I really did like uh, who hasn't panned out for them is Mo Harkless. Mm. And I talked about this a little bit with Alex, but I, I love Mo. He got, I, I might be biased because he was drafted by Orlando, but he's still surprisingly young. He's been in the league for so long. He was drafted as a 19 year old kid and he's bounced around, but he's found pretty solid minutes on some good teams. I mean, he was with the Clippers, found some good minutes. He, I mean, he was almost a go to guy for, the Knicks towards the end of the season after he got traded, uh, you know, obviously they weren't very good, but 
he was a go-to guy. He was, he was scoring double figures every night, you know, and I thought that maybe he, since he's about six, nine, he could go in uh, and play maybe that guard the stretch for uh, him and Jimmy kind of take turns depending on the matchup, depending on the night, but uh, you know, he hasn't panned out either. So uh, I think they're just trying to figure out, you know, what different pieces they need to move forward uh, to make a, another run at hopefully even making the playoffs this year. Yeah, I know. And we're talking a little bit about their shortcomings so far. Obviously, when you have the record they do, you have to look at some of those shortcomings. But they've also had some guys step up to the plate. I mean, we've seen what Bam did just this last week itself. Seems like NBA Twitter can't get enough of him. Um, just him getting you know, that confident jump shot mm-hmm. under his belt to add to the assets that he already showcased um, last year and that run that they went on, the defensive effort, the defensive ability the ability to jump out of the gym and be an offensive factor too. Um, just adding that to his resume is just another thing that Eric Spolstra said today that he thinks Bam is going to be an absolute superstar in this league. And he's already a, probably a top 25 player in the league. So, I mean, you know, as, as much as we're getting down the heat, they do have, you know, someone like him who's really showcased what he's about this year. And, you know, I think you're going to discuss today some of the changes that might put this team back in contention to win the East. Yeah, these are just minor trades. I think that their re- real you know, area of concern is at the power forward position, like I was talking about earlier with Jay leaving, but also at the point guard, right? They've tried out playing hero at point. He's had some issues turning the ball over. A lot of the time, he, you know, he takes reckless shots early in the shot clock because you know, he's the guy, right? He's the man. I mean, it's almost becoming a household name at such a young age because he did so well in the playoffs against LeBron James and the Lakers. And, uh, you know, he's just always kind of had a bit of a personality to him, you know, a little kid out of small town, who knows, Wisconsin, uh, you know, decommitted from Wisconsin, went to the big UK to play in front of the lights because he thought that he could get drafted and believed in himself. I guess coach Cal did as well. And then he came in and made it in the league. Um, but, you know, they haven't been playing Dragic as much, uh, you know, and he's also been hurt. He's day-to-day currently. Uh, and I think that, you know, as the season progresses, they'll probably increase his minutes and get him into that starting role alongside Hero and Robinson uh, and Butler at the four. But then again, you know, their backups, uh, Biggs, for for instance, are, you know, Precious Achua, which I think was a good pickup. But, you know, who knows what his ceiling is, especially this year. They're trying to yeah. you know, retool to get back to the playoffs. I don't think that... You know, he can be a significant contributor to this team if they are serious about, you know, making another run. Uh, and then Olenek, the clinic, uh, you know, and he's just a different kind of player, right? Uh, Miami's kind of known as tough, uh, you know, battle with you down low, get rebounds uh, and defend. And he kind of stretches the floor and, you know, he boxes out, but he's no one who's going over the top to get bored. So I think they just need a couple trades to retool. I just get another guy who can maybe play the stretch for, shoot the ball, spread it a little bit. Uh, so that kind of transitions into the first trade. I think that they could make a trade with the Spurs. Uh, I don't think that the Spurs are going to make the playoffs this year. And they have a young team, surprisingly, right? They've drafted well, even though they've been, you know, kind of in the late lottery year in and year out uh, ever since they had that dynasty with Timmy D, top five player ever. Uh, come at me if you disagree. Uh, but... <laughs> I think that they can make a trade, right? Uh, and just bring in some assets and maybe draft another guy. So I think that, you know, Rudy Gay is a guy, he's got one year left on his deal. 
you know, he could be seeing maybe one more contract worth two years before he calls it quits. And then maybe probably goes minimum to minimum deals on contending teams to try to win a ring. Uh, but I think that he could help the heat and he could do a lot for them. So I think that the heat trade uh, a second round pick and Andre Ihudala to the Spurs from the Spurs perspective, you know, they would be receiving Iggy, uh, you know, just kind of a nice farewell tour for him. They'd be able to waive his, Next year of a $15 million deal and just make some cap space and get a second round pick in return for a guy who really doesn't have much trade value because, again, Rudy Gay only has one year left on his deal. But the Heat would be getting a guy, uh, you know, who could come in and be a scoring guy off the bench. You know, they've been struggling to score off the bench. Uh, and if they look to start Drogic like they did in the playoffs when they were so successful, you're going to need more of a one two punch. They have Avery Bradley coming off the bench, Mo Harkless, Precious Tachua, Kelly Olenek. They need a score, and I think Rudy Gay could do that for them. Uh, he can play alongside Jimmy maybe at the 3-4 tandem, uh, st- you know, stretch the floor, uh, and he can semi-defend, and I just think that he would give them some added depth. But then also uh, there have been reports that Miami are looking to get a run at a superstar. Uh, you know, Alex was talking about Oladipo. They're still going to yeah. want some cap flexibility, and he was saying they're going to waive Ihudala probably regardless. So, yeah, this is just kind of a win-now move, and they could maybe re-sign him for a smaller deal because uh, Rudy's not worth that $15.5 million a year. Uh, but, yeah, I think it would be a great trade for them just to bring another guy. What do you think about it, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I like it. Um, I guess you're right, Iguodala, as much as I like the guy, I've always liked him as a player. Um, what he's brought to contenders in Philly and then what he did with the Warriors was just exceptional uh, when he got a finals MVP there. But yeah, he just really hasn't um, been what they wanted him to be in Miami. And whether that's a system thing, whether that's, you know, competing for minutes, whether that's him actually being washed up, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, if he does change locations, we will see the answer to that. But Rudy Gay on the other end of that deal Rudy Gay has to be one of the single best players in the NBA to have never made an all-star team. I was just going through some of the years that he's had. He's always around 20 points. He's always around six boards. He shoots a good percentage. But when you talk about like the litmus test of, you know, what's an all-star, he, he has to be right at that bar, but just slightly below it. Um, he plays at a kind of slow pace, especially now. So he's not a particularly dynamic guy, but he's, you know, he still can score the basketball. And I think with Iguodala's efficiency, even dropping further off the table, I think maybe you get gay in there, someone who's just kind of one of those silent scorers, one of those Joe Johnson types who immediately comes in and can score the basketball. So I like it from the heat perspective. I think you're, you up your offensive efficiency right away. Yeah. And he knows his role and he would play with himself and he would go in there be a great locker room guy. If you've ever heard him speak, he's well-spoken. Uh, and he's been around, and he was legit back in Memphis. I've always loved him. Uh, and so I think it would be great for him to go to this Miami team. Uh, the second trade that I have is really uh, just, you know, kind of conditional, I would say. Uh, so the New York Knicks, right? Who knows what they're doing at any given time, but they actually have some stability now that their new president, Leon Rose, is an actual Dickinson College alumni. If you didn't know that, uh, small tidbit, I went to Dickinson as well, so did Paul. Uh, but yeah, he is now uh, the president for the Knicks, and they just drafted Obi Toppin, right? And he's a power forward, and you can kind of envision that their front court would look something like Toppin and Mitchell Robinson for the 
you know, foreseeable future, right? The problem is, is their best player, Julius Randle, uh, is actually a power forward. And unfortunately, he will be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. If I'm Leon Rose, I'm thinking uh, it, it could be worth putting it in flyer, you know, seeing what you can get in return for Randle. Because do you really want to re-sign him? No, you want Toppin to grow. You know, they've got a young team. R.J. Barrett's looked great this year. Uh, and I think that, you know, give the guy some minutes, let Toppin grow. Because uh, he's honestly pretty old to be drafted in the NBA because uh, he was a junior uh, out of Dayton. So uh, he doesn't really have much room to blossom, um, you know, when it comes to waiting and giving a guy some time to develop uh, like a lot of these younger NBA players come mm-hmm. to the league get. So uh, I think that they make a trade with the heat. Uh, they bring in Julius Randle and they give up Andre Ihudala, KZ Okpala, who is a great kid. Uh, and honestly, Alex talked about how he expects him to be a rotational player this year at the three, four position. Uh, and then also their first round pick for not this upcoming uh, off season, but in 2022. Uh, so that would give the Knicks another yeah, potential flyer on a first round pick. Who knows how good the he will be in a couple of years uh, with Butler, maybe, dec- you know, digressing, uh, you know, who knows what hero's ceiling is, uh, but they would get a guy in Julius Randle to play alongside Butler and Adebayo. And frankly, that'd be probably the most intimidating three, four, yeah. five in the NBA. I mean, they would be scary. Uh, they would be strong. They would defend strong. And then they would have, Hero and Robinson to spread the floor for them. And Randall can also shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, Ever since he was in New Orleans, uh, he's been able to spread it a bit. So uh, I would love this trade for Miami. I think that this would give them a a serious starting five to compete uh, with the East's best. Uh, Because right now, again, they've got Kelly Olenek starting at the four. I just don't think that gets anything done uh, in terms of what Heat fans are expecting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, from the Heat perspective, you love this because you're acquiring a guy who's going to be an all-star this season. Um, This season for the Knicks, Randall's been a little bit more like he was two seasons ago, um, his last year at the Pelicans. Um, He was putting up these kind of numbers, and then he's only added becoming more of a force on the boards and more of a facilitator on offense. So those two things have made him even more of a useful player in any offense, and then the second reason that you love Randall is exactly part of what we're saying here is that he's handled change of scenery before he's already been, the dude is 26. He's already been on three teams. This move would make it four. And he's pretty much seamlessly transitioned into the fit at each team. Um, That year that he had his on the Pelicans was his only season on the Pelicans. He went for 21, six and three a game. And then, although he wasn't great for the Knicks um, last season, this season he's just been ridiculous, um, putting up triple doubles left and right. So the one pushback I have is from the Knicks perspective. Um, The number eight pick in the draft is a strange one because, yes, it's a lottery pick, but you're not getting your pick at one of those top five premier guys that is like an automatic, not not necessarily automatic, but – what you hope is an automatic productive player. The number eight pick, I'm going to run you through, Harry B, the picks from 2010 to 2019. And I want you to tell me what you think of the number eight pick. 2010, Alfred Camino. 2011, Brandon Knight. 2012, Terrence Ross. 2013, KCP. 2014, Nick Stauskas. 
2015, Stanley Johnson. 2016, Marquise Chris. 2017, Frank Nilakina. 2018, Colin Sexton. And 2019, Jackson Hayes. Your thoughts? It's a tough run. It's a tough run at the A-pick. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, it, it's hard to find guys at eight, you know, diamond in the rough, maybe in Colin Sexton. Um, I'm biased. I love Terrence Ross, and he's, sure. he's come into his own. Uh, but, you know, Toppin was projected. Uh, I, I love Toppin, man, for the very reason that, unfortunately, he didn't get to showcase his abilities in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and I think that if Dayton who was ranked number two overall in the NCAA at the time of the shutdown because of COVID, if they would have made a serious run on his shoulders, uh, I, I think that he would have gone a lot higher than eight. You know, I think that the top 12 picks this year are really just a crapshoot, right? We didn't have the ability to truly monitor these guys. You know, they had such a weird time frame from when they stopped playing back in March to where when they got drafted, uh, you know, in November, it's just been a strange six months. And top Toppin, uh, you know, say what you will about him. He he hasn't getting a lot of minutes this year. Um, but I, I think he could be a high flyer and, and very similar to what Randall does. He's worked on his jump shot. Uh, I've seen some clips of his shot. He's got a smooth stroke. It uh, doesn't go in most of the time, but you know, the eyeball test checks out for him. And really, frankly, it's hard to find a guy if they have a nice motion, they don't end up coming into their own uh, with the long ball. Uh, but we'll see, you know, obviously I can't be in the gym and, and look at top and day in and day out. Uh, but obviously Randall right now is the better player. And I would just see if they want to explore their options. You know, Leon's going to have sure. a lot of money to spend this off season. And if they don't think that Julius Randall uh, needs to be paid out the way that he's going to, uh, then maybe maybe they see uh, an opportunity to get a first-round pick and then also, you know, fringe rotational guy in, in Akpala. But we'll see. Uh, it's just a bit of a flyer um, by the Knicks if, if they think that Toppin can be their guy at the four. Yeah, and, I mean, you being a Magic fan know this as well as anyone. You know, the Knicks are in one of those places this year where if they're competing for anything, it's a 7-8 seed. So mm-hmm. – in your opinion, do you think that hunt for the seven, eight seed, do you think that taste of blood getting into the playoffs is well worth your run? Or do you think you need to just keep fine tuning your team to get to the perfect spot and just be willing to move on from stars in order to get there? It's kind of a a tough debate. A lot of these teams face for sure. And I think that it just depends on where they're at at the deadline. You know, uh, if they are a French playoff team, I think it's worth, seeing if they can get in, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about tanking uh, and how, you know, my team's not very good. We're, we're a nine C we need to tank. Uh, but if you make it into the eighth, seventh, and you get to play in a series, it helps these young kids out more than you will ever know to have that, you know, winning drive, winning competitiveness, uh, and just building a winning environment in general. It's been a while since the Knicks have had that. And when they had it, they were very fortunate to have a superstar and Carmelo Anthony decide to come to New York you know, they didn't build it through a program from within drafting guys. And I think that's what they're trying to do right now. And, you know, I hope and pray it works out, you know, because you love an, a solid rebuild. Uh, and then they can bring in guys because New York's market, right? But uh, I think it depends. If they're, if they're a lower 12 seed, 12 or below uh, at the deadline, it might be worth scrapping Julius. Um, 
you know, because they might not think that they can compete the, the next year, or maybe they're eyeing someone in the draft who could be at the four position, three position, uh, and, or, you know, we'll see, but, uh, I think it's a great point. And Miami might have to throw more for Julius. I mean, he's having a heck of a year. Uh, they might have to give up a couple more picks, maybe even throw in Olenek in there. I'm not really sure, but I don't think that Miami has a lot of guys who are very tradable uh, unless they're going for a superstar and they really fleece their young guys. You know, I, I don't think the hero really needs to get traded for much. Uh, Avery Bradley doesn't really have much value. Uh, you know, so they're pretty thin. So it's hard to find a guy. I think that, you know, Iggy's really their main guy that I think uh, they they should explore market for since he does have that team option for the following season. Uh, so that kind of transitions me into my final and third trade with the yep. Chicago Bulls. Uh, Chicago, man, you got a feel for them, right? <laughs> uh, they have done, I think, frankly, an exceptional job of building out their starting five. Uh, minus Wendell Carter Jr., uh, which honestly, he still has some time. You know, who knows what he is, but uh, he, you know, sometimes it doesn't even look like he can shoot the basketball. But Markinen, Kobe White, Zach Levine, Otto Porter, uh, even Chandler Hutchison, you know, I, I really love what they've done. They've brought in really young guys who can grow uh, and they can also play the game. And they tried to sprinkle in some vets in there, uh, you know, like Tomas Sadaransky, for example. You know, they brought in Garrett Temple this year, which was a bit, uh, you know, random for them. Uh, and also Thad Young. And Thad Young has been a player. I mean, he's been in the league for so long. Uh, lefty can finish. He's worked on his three ball. He's gotten much better with it. When he was in Indiana, he really came into his own. He can shoot it now. He is a stretch big at this point. Uh, I think that he would be great on a Heat team uh, to play alongside Bam, Jimmy. Uh, at times in his career, he's played the stretch five. Uh, so he could play the four or five and just help bolster their depth. Depth. Uh, the Bulls won't be making it to the playoffs this year, and Thad's got another year on his deal. Uh, and if they can trade uh, and get Ihudala and then a second round pick, you know, from the Heat in return for a guy who really, you know, isn't going to help them move the needle really, uh, it could be worth it because again, they could get more cap space, maybe sign a younger guy for that fifteen million that they would get uh, when they waive Ihudala. Uh, and decline his team option uh, for the next season. And then, you know, they wouldn't really be losing out on much, right? Larry Markinen is their power forward of the future, allegedly. Uh, you know, there have been rumors that he could get traded. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're willing to pull the trigger on that yet, uh, but we'll see. But, I, you know, Thad Young, he's a great guy, but I don't think that he needs to be clogging up the minutes there at the backup four in Chicago. No way, and I think you said it best when you said poor Bulls this season in one possession games they're two and six um they've lost some heartbreaking games already this season and you might say oh they're just regular season games but when you're referencing that young core that they have those kind of games don't go well um and they only expedite your team kind of blowing up um especially you know in this shortened season when each game carries a little more weight so yeah i mean i think they're in a bit of a tough spot and like we've said dad young had an unbelievable career. What he did in Philly was exceptional. And now as he's turned into a little bit more of a journeyman, he's contributed everywhere he's gone. So, I mean, I think, you know, get those big guys that you have in Chicago, more minutes, let them see as much of the court as possible and then give dad young a chance to uh, get the ring. Cause he doesn't have a ring. Does he, right? 
No, he does not. He does not. Uh, his best season, he was 25 years old. He averaged 18 points a game. Uh, and even back when he was 25, he shot at 30% from three on about almost four attempts. So uh, Back when he was with Iggy. Yeah, so he's had the volume. Uh, it would be it'd be kind of fun that they would get traded for each other. Uh, but you know, he's only 32, and he's been in the league for literally yeah since he was 19. Since 2007, when he, is when he was drafted. So uh, he has been around, and he could bring, you know, uh, a bit of a defensive liability, but he can still semi-defend. You know, he's a bit older now, uh, not as mobile, uh, but. He's shooting the ball from three right now, unfortunately, just at 23%, but he's a career 33% shooter. Last year in Chicago, he shot at 36% from three, which is above the league average. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, he's kind of regressed the amount of minutes he's been getting. Uh, you know, they're really uh, struggling to find good scoring. And I think he could go into Miami and be a part of a different culture, be part of a different unit and help, uh, you know, win some playoff games for him. Yeah, and I always like to ask you this once we flush out all the trades. When you look at the Heat this season, you know, you, the, the slow start they've gotten off to, all that aside, do you actually see them making a move? And it's very clear that the trades that you have outlined for them today have been more subtle trades. Um, they haven't been the let's chase the superstar, blow up our team type of trades. They've been the let's chase a piece that, we think can make us get better without risking, you know, what we have at the core here. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about whether you think they actually do make a deal this year and whether you think it's going to be something substantial. Jimmy Butler's history, unfortunately, he has not done well with superstars beside him. You've seen that when he was in Philly, he decided to leave when they had a super team in Minnesota. He decided that he wanted to be out because they had a super team. He, I mean, he called court, Anthony Townsend, Andrew Wiggins, babies, <laughs> called them children. Uh, Adebayo, different kind of breed. Uh, Adebayo is a no bullshit. I'm going to come out here and work hard, and I'm not a prima donna. Like what you could say for the number one overall picks, Wiggins and Towns. So I think that if they were to make a trade, they're not going to bring another s- superstar to buck heads with Jimmy. Jimmy's the alpha. Everyone loves that he's the alpha down there, and they embrace it. They accept it. They know that he's the guy who's going to be talking for them backing them up, and they're going to go out here and perform with Jimmy. So I think if they bring in a guy, it's going to be a subtle trade because they don't have much to move. I think Olenek is on there, Trey Block, Iggy is. Uh, other than that, unless they could find some serious talent and return for Duncan Robinson, don't feel like paying him this offseason, could be Duncan. But I think it'd be foolish to trade him because uh, he's on such a tear. And he just helps. You know, he, he does exactly what they need him to do with the lack of shooting sprinkled throughout their lineup you know he just spreads the floor you have to face guard him he's about the closest thing to clay thompson frankly that i've seen uh in the nba since clay came in which is you know a crazy statement to say but clay doesn't need space he doesn't dribble the ball mm-hmm. uh he comes off screens he comes off down screens he, he runs the floor in the fast break to get wide open threes you know i think that duncan's yeah. pretty much just tried to emulate his game so wouldn't trade him but i think they'll just do something subtle uh, maybe in the buyout market, pick up a free agent. There's a couple free agents, actually, if you take a look, that are still available who can still help a team. Now, they've had some issues at the point guard. Maybe they bring in a Shabazz Napier, or maybe even Isaiah Thomas is still available. You'd have to check out what IT's health is and if he can even run down the floor anymore. 
But we know he wants to play. I mean, he he wants he to play. He him. wants to yeah. play, and he's another guy, chip on his shoulder guy. And I think that's the kind of guy that Miami loves to embrace uh, in this new era without LeBron is, you know, we want guys who, who want to play and play hard. And uh, that's kind of the mold of what precious Achua is who they just drafted uh, just, you know, hard nose uh, head to the ball block shots, defensive abilities, uh, switch ability. You know, they love that. So uh, I think it'll be a minor deal, but I would be surprised if they don't do something as they sit at six and 10 and they're the 13th seed in the Eastern conference. So <laughs> Uh, we'll see if they don't think that they can get up to the playoffs by the time the deadline rolls around, they could just say, Hey, let's wait, let's sign someone big this off season and then come back with a vengeance. Uh, but I, I would be surprised if they don't think that they can still get into the playoffs and then cause some chatter. Yeah. So I was going to say too, do you think, you know, what teams do you look at in the East? Obviously, you mentioned Alex's comment about how they went deep, but it was, you know, being a lower seed, but not having to play on the road in that bubble environment this year, the way that it stacks up, if they did get in same situation as a lower seed had to play, um, you know, those game seven, never having home court for those series, what NBA, what Eastern conference teams, I should say, do you say you look at them and you say no way that he'd beat them? It's a great question. I think that I have to see how Indiana looks without Lavert. Uh, I was really excited to see the Indiana yeah. Pacers with Karis Lavert at the two guard, um, and it's to be seen. Right, we'll see if he can recover. I'm not really sure what his timetable is. He actually just had surgery to repair his kidney today. Yeah. It's a blessing in disguise. If you guys don't know, Karis Lavert. One of my favorite young players in the NBA, he got traded uh, and they did a physical on him, which typically they don't really need to do throughout the midst of the season. They realized he had an issue with his kidney. He had surgery, potentially could have saved his life. So uh, yeah, just a blessing in disguise in the NBA. Uh, we're out here making dreams come true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think that truthfully, they don't beat Philly. They don't beat Boston. They don't beat Milwaukee. We'll see if we've got fans in chairs come June. Um, that'll right. obviously be make a huge difference for a lower seed like the heat. If they come in, uh, I think that Brooklyn, I think they could give Brooklyn a series. If I'm being honest, they are super thin. And if they have a lingering issue so uh, for an injury on what with one of their guys, you know, it's a serious concern. Uh, they need some big men uh, there in Brooklyn, uh, but I'm not worried. I, I think that they'll go out and find a couple guys to retool. And once they do so, I don't think that he can beat them either. So those four, I would say uh, that would really, it would really be difficult for them to jump over the hump, but everyone else, I think in the Eastern conference, they can beat. Uh, I, I think that they can beat Toronto now uh, who can guard Adebayo. It'd be Aaron Baines and he's 34 years old. Um, maybe Siakam even. Uh, they put uh, Chris Boucher on him. I mean, Boucher's not playing bad. He's not playing bad. Uh, he, he can block shots. Uh, I mean, they, they'd probably have to start him if they played him a series. But, uh, yeah, those those are really the main four teams, I think, that could beat the Heat handily in a series. And Indiana would, would honestly flirt with, with going over the top as well. They look great. Sabonis yep. could be an all-NBA player this year. Yeah, I mean, so we'll see what the Heat do. Like you said, you know, we don't know if they'll be in the playoffs this year, but – Alex, who we talked to earlier this week, 
still has hope. And honestly, I think you and I still have hope for them as well. So everyone, make sure you take a look at our episode from earlier this week with Alex from Vice City Alert. Harry B, thanks for flushing out these trades with us today. Hey, it's all love, Paul. Love doing this. Love talking to you guys. Uh, if you have questions or comments or think my trades uh, you know, could use some tweaking, please let us know. Uh, I'd love to know. I'd love to just have a conversation uh, to talk about NBA basketball because I eat, breathe, and uh, sleep NBA. All right, everyone. Thanks, Harry. Peace.